Welcome, everybody, to a super, super special interview. Our first guest by way of Atlanta, Georgia, hanging out on the West Coast right now. This gentleman played at the University of Missouri in the SEC, drafted in the 32nd <laughs> round of the 2018 draft, played in the Cape Cod League, and now recently named the Atlanta Braves Minor Leaguer of the Year. Oh, and before I forget, just started his new podcast called Unapologetically You. We got Mr. Trey Harris. Uh, what's up? What's up? I'm glad you got it right the first time because it took me a whole bunch of times to make sure I said it right. So go you for saying the podcast name. But uh, yeah, I just dropped the podcast myself. Uh, second episode comes out uh and next friday but it's gonna be every friday every two weeks we're just pretty much opening up to the room to athletes to everyone to tell the cool stories that everyone wants to know but they don't know at all because we've always been told to answer the right way and do the right thing all the time well now these people are retired these athletes are retired so now they can tell you how they went to a party friday night and then saturday at nine they didn't know if everyone was going to show up at practice on time and we're making inside jokes in the stretch lines, like wondering if the coaches know, like all that type of stuff. So uh, tune in, uh, tune in. That's all I got to say. Love it. Early plug for the kids. So we'll be sure to uh, we'll be sure to post all that stuff on our socials. On top of the fact that you're about to dip your toes into to big league camp with the Atlanta yeah. Braves. But going back to the the pod real quick, like what. Uh, Outside of you wanting to to give inside scoops of athletes and you having the access to that, like what what else sparked that? I know you started it with with one of your buddies who was uh, like a student manager with with you guys at Mizzou. Yeah, yeah. So like he's one of my best friends, and like we would always have these like real deep, good sport talks, life talks, political talks. We're like, bro, this should be a podcast. Like, there's really nobody talking to us like ages 24 to 34 like no one's really in that in between which seems like y'all are doing the same thing we are like just kind of like giving us someone to talk to because I feel like everyone older keeps telling me that like you'll be okay like enjoy your 20s and then everyone younger is like what do I do I'm like bro I'm right here so let's just talk <laughs> about where I'm at right now so I can enjoy that please I love so that's that, kind of where it came from and we just kept talking and vibing and I was like bro let's do it like, let's just do it if only a hundred people listen, you literally a hundred people listening. You talk, bro. Like that's it's our same motto. We get yeah. So um, that's just you know just showing love, giving all love, just like how you know. Hopefully, in a year from now, we can all get on the same uh, Zoom call and do an episode as a joint thing. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to do oh, something yeah. like that where I bring people on and we just talk and get all types of energy, and that's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. All about that, man. That's what that's what we've been doing too for the past. We're, we're coming up on a year at the end of April. We would do like every Thursday during football season, we'd have our, some of our boys from home on each week a different one, do like a little pick them each week, and then the weekends our main show was like was interviews like this. So um, you're actually going to be our first one now that football season's over. We didn't have a Thursday show anymore, so we do Thursday Sunday. You're going to be our first uh interview only on thursday so instead of combining the interviews in our main shows we're going to start doing yeah. an interview on thursday drop and the main show on sunday so you're the guinea pig right now cool <laughs> i'm here for it. i'm a great start everybody's gonna pop in i'm here <laughs> for it awesome oh, yeah. joey i haven't let you speak yet so uh we're good man. to say but no welcome to the podcast fraternity it's a fun yeah. ride 
It's yeah. definitely a learn as you go experience. Cause our, if you go back, listen to our first handful, we were garbage. Uh, we're getting, we're getting better every week. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm hyped to listen to you and talk about how much better you are than our buddy, Greg Cullen. Cause I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm waiting for that for that conversation to come up later on yeah so i'm excited for that one too dive into a little bit of everything i'm here for it cool yeah so i joe i actually listened to the trey's first podcast mm-hmm. already this morning it, it, it's light years ahead of where we were at for our first <laughs> we were bad you yeah, laugh out loud we bad. were literally just talking into the mic like i had my emails pinging every two seconds like oh yeah i should probably turn that <laughs> off it was just it was a mess but yeah you guys are already on a on a good path but um before we get into it and I'll let Joey. I'll let Joey go ahead. But wanted to wish you a happy belated. Did see your your B day was a couple weeks ago. So yeah, twenty five years young. Quarter, turned a quarter century, and for some reason this birthday hurt. Oh yeah, and like I felt oh, like twenty five does not feel as youthful as twenty four. Twenty five, almost like I gotta get some stuff together. Like it's those to get round numbers. It's the, it's the round number. You're like, damn, almost thirty. <laughs> like closer to 30 than i am to 20 where am i Uh like it happens so fast um but it's been crazy so far so good i'm out in la right now so thank y'all for the birthday wishes yeah and you had a hell of a year uh in 19 with the braves obviously this year covid ruined minor league baseball um so i guess we'll just dive right into it you know what did you do because obviously you probably had the idea now it's official you're going to camp this spring Mm-hmm. What did you do during this offseason or even like during the supposed when you were supposed to be playing? What did you do to kind of stay game ready, knowing that you got to bring it come come camp? So um, for the first part of it, when we didn't really know if we were playing or not, we held little games uh, back in my hometown. Like it was very close, you know, no fans, just the players. We did a good job of managing everything because it was probably around like probably like end of February, March, where like people were like, yo, this is serious, but we didn't realize how serious it was just yet. And uh, we played games uh, twice a week with live bullpens and stuff like that. Just me and my best friends from home and being in the Atlanta area, there's so many players. So if you can just get a big blast out there and the right people connect with the right people, you can get some things put together. So it's been dope to see. It's been dope to, you know, grow. But I pretty much hung out with my family a lot. I worked out. I did the baseball stuff like found a way to hit at a cage in some random park every day for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, my gym at home, he's like, the guy with me is like one of my uncles. Like he would open it up for like a select few of us. And we got tested all the time and stuff like that. So like, it was pretty cool. Uh, I was able to have that network from home, help me out just enough to keep in shape. And uh, it was dope, but I really just hung out with my family a lot. I got a lot closer to my sister and my mom. So it was great. I love being back in Atlanta. Uh, rekindling all the flames with the homies, like getting it back right, and now I can go branch out and do whatever. And still got my support back at the crib. Awesome, man! Yeah, definitely a blessing in disguise in some regard for COVID, because the family time was nice getting to go home and just kind of shut it off. Like, all right, no one can do anything. Might as well take advantage of just getting close to the ones you love. So that's that's great to hear. Yeah, like that's exactly kind of how I thought of it. The first couple is like, bro, I got to find a way to get out the house. Like, I can't <laughs> just can't stand around and watch show with my mama, and then I realized like. She kind of likes the same shows as I do. So maybe if I just put <laughs> mine on first, we can hang out and enjoy it. So it there was little go. things like that. And then, like, you know, just moving back at home with my parents, you know, having to do chores, like, when they tell you to do it. Like, it's different when you can just pick up the trash, like, ah, oh, it's getting full. I'll get in the morning. But your parents are like, get your trash done now, right now. It's like, that That was a big adjustment. Yeah, that's I, – I can appreciate that, too. Like, I, I went home for the first – 
three months from COVID pretty much kind of back and forth between here and the city. And like the one positive was the hanging with the parents and like you're at an age, we're at an age and like, all right, well like hanging out with our parents, like, isn't that bad anymore. Like we, we have more to connect. We're adults. We've, we've experienced some things. Like it's not like high school anymore. It's like, Oh, I'm hanging with my parents tonight. And your friend's like, what do you mean you're hanging with your parents tonight? So, <laughs> but definitely the like, okay, gotta, I still gotta respect their space. You know, it's not my space anymore. I gotta do something like I'm, I'm, I'm still growing up in, in their, in their area, but a hundred percent. Like for me, it was like folding. I live out of a bag mostly because we we're in minor league. So mm-hmm. my mom making me take everything out. We folded it one day, put it in the sections and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> She's like, no, this is going to look right. But, and at the time I hate it, but now like, I know when I go into spring, I have a plan. I know how to do it. There you, go. you know what I'm saying? In college, you just throw your clothes everywhere. Oh, yeah. Who cares who's going to see your room? Mm-hmm. But you know, just that whole routine manner type thing. You learn that from your parents. Unfortunately, you don't figure it out till you're too old. Mm-hmm. You've been yelled at too much. Better, better late than never, I guess. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, but I wanted to walk it back and speaking of your family, cause I'm sure they were there for this big moment when you did get drafted. We've had a couple folks on here um, from the professional baseball. We've had uh, Ernie, Ernie Clement from the Indians. We've That's had my guy. Yeah, Ernie. Yeah. Ernie. Yeah. Love that dude. Ernie's the man. So he's from our, yeah, he, he grew up with us too. And then Colin and then uh, Danny Mendick from the White Sox. He's from our area too. So um, we asked them all like, Tell us more about your draft day or or some of them. It's their signing experience, but like, tell us a little more about how the emotions were on draft day. And if you had any cool stories that uh, you can share on on how that day went for you. So my day was like really weird. So from the Braves didn't talk to me at all during the whole process, like of getting interviewed and filling out questionnaires, never did anything for the Braves. Uh, So didn't really even know they were on the radar. And then um, probably like two, three days before, I get a call like, hey, we really like you. Like, we really, really like you. Then I had a, an agent at the time doing some filler work for me, and they were like, yo, the Braves are going to draft you. So, you know, you hear that, but you never know. I was a senior. I had already got passed up before. So, like, nothing's final till you hear your or see your name picked. So I um, sat around. You know, day one didn't apply to me at all. Uh, day two was far-fetched. But day three was like, okay, all right now. All right, like. See, they're now or never. Got to perk and up a little bit. Time kept, yeah, like, it was like, bro, you're either going to be selling insurance or playing baseball. <laughs> like, it's time to lock it in. So, um, uh, so the day comes, and, you know, it starts off early that day. I think it was, like, noon. And it got to about, shoot, about 5.30. I was not talking to nobody. I was in my room. Netflix wasn't working. Talking on the phone wasn't working. I was just grumpy, mad, sad, everything, like, why haven't I got picture? I played against this dude, this dude, this dude. I hit a home yeah. run off this dude. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like, Yeah. Bro, what? Like, they get a chance 20 rounds before I get a chance? Come on, dude. Like, what I got to do? And then, so my dad and my little sister come up to the room. They're like, hey, you know, the draft's coming to an end. We don't know what's going on. We're going to go grab you some food, let you get some alone time. Because at this point, it was no need for anyone to be around me. I was not a joy to anyone. So then they leave. And then, I mean, not even five minutes later, the Braves call me, and they're like, Trey, uh, turn, uh, make sure you're paying attention to the next pick. And then, boom, boom, drafted. Phone starts blowing up. Everything's crazy. I call my sister, and she's like, yeah, I know. We just left, and you just got drafted. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it was like 
to be honest with you, I was very, very excited because it was with the Braves and, like, never thought that was an option. And that was, like, a dream come true. But then I was a little mad. It was like, bro, like, I got to go prove now. Like, I got to go crazy because, mm-hmm. like, 30-second round, bro, 10 grand, that's what you think I'm worth? All right, mm-hmm. I got to go crazy now. So uh, my dad took me to Taco Mac, which is, like, one of my favorite spots back home, and I uh, would smack some wings, talked a little bit. Then the very next day, had to shave my whole beard off, uh, take a couple pictures, sign my contract. The next day, it was back to work. Flew down to Orlando for the first workout. So, uh, yeah, but in my head, I was happy, but I didn't shed no tears. I gave my dad like a, hey, now we go to work type of yep. thing. Like, it was nothing crazy. My sister was like, finally, let's go. My <laughs> go mom was like, yeah, like, my mom was like, this is what we expected. Like, okay, what's next? So um, it was very moving, moving. And then once I touched down, it's been the first month was hard. My parents came down. My dad pretty much said, stop being soft, be a man, stop playing around. And then I've been playing well ever since. So, yeah, my draft day was bittersweet. It was like I finally got my dream come true. But as soon as I got my dream come true, it's time to go crazy. Business trip. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so are you guys still are you guys still doing your spring training outside of Orlando? Or uh, we moved to like Northport, which is like 30 minutes from Sarasota. Okay. Um, it's not too bad. A little bit more low key. Orlando traffic kind of sucks. So yeah. it's a little bit well, more low key. I was going to say, because Joey and I in high school, we played almost every year when we would go down to Florida at the at your guys' complex and in Disney, like three or four years in college or in high school rather. So we, I mean, we loved playing that area. We thought it was super cool and the opportunity to play that field. That field is beautiful to play on. So yeah, um, it's amazing. You feel like you yeah. can hit a home run every swing. <laughs> I'm slow as shit. I felt fast. My was turpin. This grass is beautiful. My I, I can run fast out here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like it's crazy. Like you think you've been on real grass until you step onto that field. It's like, bro, this feels like I don't even like I could walk around barefoot, play a mm-hmm. whole game and yep. be fine. Yeah, it's like a cloud. Yeah, it's crazy. Your cleats, when they sink in, and, like, you're flat with everything. That's the thing, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but it seemed like you were actually on the field where they're, like, growing up, it felt like the field was, like, up a little bit. Yeah. And you don't so. realize it until you get on a real field. You're like, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, dude. Okay. Our high school this field, you went doing. you went the wrong spot. You're, you're going to sprain an ankle for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. It's just a world of a difference. <laughs> That's awesome. So, we got, got common connection. Exactly. There we go. Um, <laughs> but you did bring up college for a brief second before, before we talked about your draft story. You said how you 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 were overlooked your junior year, senior year. It finally happened. And I saw speaking of your junior senior year, big uptick in the bombs you were dropping at the plate. So, um, were you on the Barry Bonds juice program? Were you on the A Rod <laughs> juice program? What 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 the hell happened, man? That's awesome that you were still doing like everything you, you were doing. And then all of a sudden you were starting to send balls over the wall. Yeah. Um, so it's really like, okay, getting a little bit older, understanding like you actually have to work at it. Cause the year before I hit terrible and it was all because I didn't do anything extra, but growing up, like, I'll be honest, like I was naturally a gifted hitter. I always had to work at the other stuff, but I could hit once a week and go into a tournament, smack, smack, smack. But I had to work on my fielding and running and all that. But when you get to college, you know, the fielding and running is built into practice. You don't really got to do too much for that. 
And then because you get way more defensive reps and offensive reps. So in college, you got to go get those extra reps. And I didn't know that. And then my coach at the time, Dylan Lawson, we had some game. Like It, it was all fall. He kind of let me do my thing. You know, we're all learning each other. And then we were doing a game. Like who can hit the ball the hardest? Guys were popping 100s, 102s, 103s. Like, oh, wow. I was like, dang. So I just win the box. Like, I knew I hit the ball hard, but I had never got it read before. First ball I hit, 108. First ball I hit, 106. Second ball, 106. But every single ball was, like, right at the shortstop, right at the second baseman. He was like, come here. We need to have a talk after practice. Come right to my office. We're going to have a man-to-man talk. I'm like, yo, I just won the game. How am I in trouble for winning? <laughs> like, I'm doing what you told me to do. He sits me down, and he's like, you're going to be in the cage more than you've ever been in the cage in your entire life. I was like, okay, where's this coming from? I was, he was like, I just saw you hit the ball 108. Do you know if you hit the ball at 89 miles per hour at a degree from 10 to 15, you will hit 787. He said, do you want to hit 787? I said, duh, I want to hit 787. <laughs> he said, so you'll be in the cage more than you've ever been in the cage. I was in the cage from probably the end of October to the beginning of January, four days of the week. Extra. Like, we had practice. We was doing everything in practice. And I had to be in there for an hour and a half, four days a week. And he made me. And we slowly shifted my swing to, like, only swinging at balls that hit doubles and home runs. Okay, now we're swinging at the right pitches. All right, now how can we swing at them and direct them the way we want? So let's hit everything off the batter's eye. Batter's eye, batter's eye. And then before I knew it, I was constantly hitting doubles, doubles. And then, like, we'd have a 2-0 round. And he'd be like, all right, Trey, stay close, hit homers. Five out of six would be home runs in BP. I'd be like, bro, what am I doing? I'm going crazy. Like, what? Turn to a machine. So, like, so it didn't take long for him to, like, convince me to do it. It was just a matter of actually doing it mm-hmm. and, like, seeing that it worked. And then it just, one after another, just kept getting better and better. And then now I feel like I'm closest to my perfect swing as I can get. I love that. I know I was going through your Instagram. I saw you post a picture of him and I was like, yeah, they must have some, you know, very good bond. Cause you mentioned how just he got you to where you were today, both probably a po- both on and off the field. So it's great that you have a coach kind of in your back pocket. Always, always got your back. Yeah. I like I'm that corny guy. Like if it was not like I've had a lot of great coaches, but if it was mm-hmm. not for Dylan Lawson, we would not be on this phone call. Like I can easily say this. Cause even if I would have done good, it would have not been as good as I am right now because I would have been working in the wrong direction. Like I've always been a gifted hitter and I've been able to hit, but now I'm mixing that in with the mental, knowing what I'm actually doing. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't ever be able to do that. So I definitely like anytime I get to show him love, which he hates, uh, he hates when I tell him that like he was the reason he changed it. He's like, no, it was you. I was like, but if you would have never sit me down and told me to hit 787, I would have never done it. You know? Yeah. Well, I also found out that he's not with the, he's not with the Yankees, and Frank and I are diehard Yankee fans. So, I wouldn't mind you pop over putting some pinstripes on relatively soon, <laughs> helping the helping the boys out and in the Bronx. I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, I was a pinstripe fan growing up too. So, uh, okay, my first minor league home run was at the Yankees place, and like nobody thought it was a big deal, but my I was like, bro, I just I just did that. Oh yeah, big spot. We're here, <laughs> like. I just felt like the game meant a little bit more because I remember watching all them dudes growing up because, like, the Braves were pitching, like, and I was a hitter. Like, I didn't want to go watch Tom Glavin throw nine innings. Like, now I would, but back then, like, I want to see people hit home runs. And then Mm -hmm. it was, like, Bernie Williams, Jorge Posada, 
you know, A-Rod had just got there, Derek Jeter in the prime, you know, like, shoot, know, Matsui. Matsui. Yeah. yeah, like the OGs. Like, I've been around since 03. I remember it. Because that was the year that the Red Sox beat us 3-1. to one, And I still was still a huge fan. I was, like, hurting. I was like, bro, they're really doing it. They're really doing it. That's when I knew I was a real fan. And then since then, every video game, I picked the Yankees first. Um, so, <laughs> haven't, you know, you. had to switch it up. My debit card used to be Yankees, had to go with the Braves one. Like, I had to make some adjustments. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, you're back home, though. It's, it's full circle. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is full circle back home, for sure, for sure. And then speaking of developing with um, just the organization itself, I know that I just recently saw an article that the Braves director of player development uh, gave you real high praise, of course, obviously on the field, but uh, he was really impressed with your strides in becoming a leader in the clubhouse. So can you walk us through just kind of what you set out to do and what you accomplished with like being a leader within the Braves organization? Uh, honestly, I just try to show love. Like even mm-hmm. if it's hard love, good love, like with me talking talking crap all day like saying all types of stuff like it's all gonna be love though like you know I'm gonna come joke and laugh and hug you but I'm also gonna tell you when your socks look pitiful and you need to look better like I'm gonna tell you every time <laughs> you, need that guy the you need that guy you need that yeah, guy yeah you need that guy to like no matter what every day I'm bringing some type of energy that you can feed off of that's really what it is like if you hit a home run Trey is gonna be at the top step every time hyping you up as if I hit it so that's kind of how I've used my leadership. And then, like, just through college, like, with Coach Lawson, I learned to work hard. Like, just mm-hmm. I'm in the cage an hour every day, and everyone knows I'm going to be in there. Everyone knows I'm going to take BP serious because, I like, I'm not good enough to not take it serious. Like, I want to be to the point where, like, people know me for that stuff and then mix it in with also hitting whatever I hit. Like, okay, why would I not want this kid on my team? So I just, you know, I've learned over time. I learned it the hard way, like going about it the wrong way, going about it the negative way, talking down on people, mm-hmm. boosting myself up, trying to put people down. And then I realized like, bro, if you just show love, like when people make it, it's very gratifying. Like mm-hmm. to see your homies ball is like a different level of fun. And then, like if you, you guys know you, Ernie and Greg, like you've had that moment for them, like where it's like, damn, it's almost like I was, I did it too. Like I'm that happy, like type thing. So that's, it's been all love. And that's what I try to do as a leader, just show love any way I can. That's awesome. Cause usually cause at that, when you get to the level you're at, every single guy on your team at some point or another was, was like that dude for their team, whether it be high school or college, like they were that dude. And then once you all get in the same room, I think when someone can come out and say like, you're the leader, that's a, that's a, like a really good, um, compliment to your to your skills and your skill set of being a leader in the clubhouse so that's awesome yeah I appreciate that for sure that's all love but like it's really been a crazy process like I have not always been the best dude you know that's the one thing I would tell all my listeners like anyone who knows Trey now if you knew me two years ago would not be the same conversation um it's been a crazy ride and I've had like people like Greg like y'all know Greg he'll find a way to tell you how he feel about something without by hurting your feelings so after a while you're like I mean Greg's like the nicest dude I know and if he thinks I'm doing it wrong and he's like hey you should be better I should probably lock it in Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so like I've had people like that in my corner to just show love and just tell me what's real so that I can just keep getting better but takes 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 self-awareness on your end too to like conceptualize and be like all right like like you said maybe Greg's right like maybe I need to (laughs) 
getting maybe I need to just tweak a little bit. It probably wasn't a major change. It probably, it probably no. didn't take you like it wasn't rocket science for you. And I think everyone goes through that phase at one point in their professional or sports career. And you you've clearly figured it out at the right time. And now it's catapulted you to what well, we're seeming like the big leagues pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, it's coming soon. I'm just gonna talk and speak it out there. Hell yeah, speak happen, that shit out. Mm. Yeah, no, it's sure. happening. No, there's no if it's not happening. It's just it's gonna happen. And you're yeah. going. You're what? You're starting the big league club this year, right? It's yeah, spring training. So, league. yes, I was gonna ask you because obviously when you're doing that, you're obviously a highly touted prospect in the system. And according to MLB.com, you're a top 15 prospect in the Braves system. We'll, we'll label you as number one in our minds. Because hey, you're uh, on the pod, so too, we're putting you way up there. <laughs> um, but now that you are, and we're we're talking into into existence, like what's the approach now? I think everyone knows the approach. Hey, I got to grind, control the controllables. But like, I think each person has their own individual oh, approach. Sure. How they're going to run their days when they get to this level. So I'd love to hear more about like your mindset. Are you doing things? You know, I know some people like meditate or they like listen to certain like people, podcasts, like what, what are you doing to keep your approach, keep your mind right now that you're going to be playing with, with the big boys for, for the spring at least. So I think the first thing I'm like, my big goal for big league camp this year, you know, is like, just make them think of me first. Whenever that time comes when, you know, it's time to make a move and they're like, man, we really just need a clubhouse guy. All right. Let me think of Trey. Oh, we need a bat. All right, let me think of Trey. We need a defensive replacement. Like, let me think of Trey. I will not be a pinch runner. That is just not in my skill set. <laughs> but the stuff that I do do well, I want them to think of me first, you know? And that is my first goal. And I've just been going about it by doing my work and kind of working according to what my role could be. Like, you know, like sometimes, you know, I hit every day in the cage and then I'll jump in alive every four days because that might be what I have to do at the next level. I need to be ready to only have at bats every four days, but hit every day and do all the work to not play. So um, I'm just been trying to prepare myself for little things like that. Um, also, honestly, just putting myself in the best position with my body and my swing to if I do have to pick up something every four days or if I have to jump a level then come back a level my swing can translate always you know what I'm saying my body and how I move can translate always I don't want to make a jump and people be like oh you're moving slow you're not fast enough to play here you're not moving right like I want to be able to doesn't matter what level I play it I, I'm right where I need to be love that love that love it, underrated, love it. underrated skill knowing you're Knowing your role is not a knock on somebody. It, it can it can get you far in life, and especially sports. It's not it's not a knock to say that guy knows his role, but that can get that can get you far. Yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like we see that in football with, with backup quarterbacks more than mm -hmm. anything, or like the the slot receiver who knows he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns, but he might have ten catches for eighty yards because yeah. we're killing third and two slant routes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's yeah. got to know your role, and I think. I think watching other sports like LeBron and how the six man, like how Jamal Crawford when I was growing up was yep. a six man, he would drop 30. And I'd be like, why don't you want to be a starter? He's like, I'm a, but he would always say, I'm a six man. Like it don't work for me that way. Yeah, just man. like, I'm never going to go steal 50 bags. That's fine, Trey. Just be efficient when you run the ba run bases. So right. it's yeah. very, very true knowing your role. Got to be fired up. Got to be fired up. I'm here for it. MLB.tv, Brave Spring Training, every single game this spring. I'm going to be, be, be streaming. Tune in. Tune <laughs> Once in. you get a number, let us know. Like I can, yeah. I'm trying to get a jersey pre-ordered soon. Yeah. yeah. Say no more. It's happening this year. <laughs> I'm we're so gonna, excited. We're going to have a lot of the boys to follow, a lot, a lot of the sauce yep. pod interviewees. We're going to have a whole freaking list. <laughs> exactly. Like no, notifications on my phone. 
just showing love, shouting everybody out, and then we all win. We all win that way. Yeah, so um, it was pretty cool because we had um, we had Tim Boyle on. He's the backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and we got him, we met him, we got interviewed him through a mutual question back home. So like seeing him go through the, the playoffs was sick. So now that we have, we've literally had like half a dozen of you baseball guys on. So like, it's going to be so cool all year, just like reposting your stuff, following you. It's going to be, it's going to be another awesome, awesome year of sports and baseball season for sure. Yeah. I'm so excited to get back going, like be able mm-hmm. to play games. Like it's been almost a year now, so crazy. I got to get back to work. I'm oh, so I excited. I bet it's gotta be crazy. But Joey, if you don't have anything else, we can get into the uh, the quick hit around. Let's do it. All right, attack him first. You go. All right. I guess we'll I guess we'll start back in college. What's one game you'll never you won't forget from Missouri? I I knew I. This question is so tough. All right, quick hitter. I, I guess you can't ever forget the three home run game. Three at bats, three home runs. Uh, three two count the announcer literally says no way it's another home run and the next pitch I hit a home run I feel like that's like a movie type thing like so no I think Kentucky's the I've had some cool moments like the truest park and stuff first home run at truest but mm-hmm. never that one's crazy that one's unmatched that's tough right. to beat all right so I got one in your podcast today I listened to you mentioned you got to be active in your group chats with your boys. And Joey and I have group chats with our boys back home. It actually popped today off got, today. Today got bad. Today we got were bad. talking about GameStop stock and just like the whole craziness. So my question to you is like, what type of guy are you in that group chat? Joey's like the the, the fire starter and he's not going <laughs> to stop talking until me and him like literally like we, we, we him and I went at so hard today. We had two of our friends leave the chat for a couple minutes because we were going at <laughs> Like what, what kind of dude are you in that group chat? So I play a couple different roles. All right. I'm num- my number one role is instigator. Mm-hmm. I love yep. to be like, when somebody's like, bro, what are you doing? I'm like, Hey, yeah, bro. What you up to, huh? Acting up, doing some dumb. Like I love adding some mm-hmm. stuff in there. And then I'm also like Joey, where I will argue just to get somebody so worked up that it gets them out of character almost like to the point where they only thing they can do is leave the group and mute it for a couple hours. Oh, yeah, they're bro. so worked up. That's fun for me. And then the third thing that I am, I always send random life questions like, Hey bro. So like how much is 8% taxes on 150 K? Cause I need to know how much I'm going to make and lose when I'm 35, <laughs> when I'm like 25 sitting at home at 10 30, like I'm doing yep. stuff like that. Like, Hey, y'all see these shoes right here? Do you think these will look good as a dad? Or are we going to be just wait till like, I, I ask the dumb stuff to get opinions. And then once somebody gives me a trash opinion, now I'll go back to instigating. Now I'm yeah, yeah. people worked up. So it's, it's a win-win. <laughs> all right. picture, we, we have all that in our group chat. The instigator is our boy Bird. I can see our boy Joey Simmons is that guy who asked me just the most random questions the whole day. <laughs> yeah. He's the one that kind of keeps it going though. Like, he keeps it everyone tuned in and then we just branch off of whatever that combo yeah, it's just second nature for me to just like someone says something i'm just it's like out of habit i'm like nah and just start just start arguing <laughs> <laughs> and i'm the guy who like i have too much pride where i can't let it go i, yeah, I he, try so hard he's too I, easy i fight myself i'm like yo you got like you gotta get better at this man you gotta let it go and i'll let it go and then for a couple, a couple texts later i open the phone i'll be like that's it i'm back in i'll just that's it. Because, I, I misspell so Joey. much because i'm typing so fast 
when you type and it's like your fingers hurt, you're like, I don't even want to send it now because it doesn't even hit the same. <laughs> it's been too long. I, don't, I need that to go out within 10 seconds. It's been 45. That is Love exactly, it, it's so funny. That's Love hilarious it. that the group text dynamic is real. Yeah, it oh, is. Very so, real. so real. I appreciate that big very time real. when I listened to your pod. All right. I got next one is uh, who, who have you kind of molded your game after? Who, like, who are your baseball influences as, as a player? So I guess growing up, the swing was Manny Ramirez. Um, I love his swing. I thought it was so easy. Um, didn't realize how kind of like reckless he did play. But when mm. you were younger, all the stuff he used to do, like go into the wall and like cut the ball off on purpose, like that stuff was hilarious to me. So I always loved how he played with a smile. And then once I got older, Josh Harrison, um, he's around 5'8", around my size, plays a lot of different positions. Our swings are similar. You know, as you get older, you start learning your role and learning what you can do. So you need to find players that do what you do so you mm-hmm. can do what they do and make what they make and keep staying in the league as long as they did. So I've been able to meet um, Josh Harrison. It's been It was an enlightening experience, you know, just hearing That's his sick. mindset and stuff like that. And just, you know, it's all coming full circle. I did not fangirl and I did not tell him that I've always watched him play. But I'm not sure if he didn't tell because I was locked in asking every question there was. Got it, bro. It's not a bad guy to go off of it. I mean, he's been around forever. Like, he's not mm-hmm. a bad guy to follow. He's been around mm-hmm. since our, our whole life, pretty much, I feel like. Exactly. And, like, yeah. finds a way to, like, produce, stay in his lane, play mm-hmm. good, play hard, and, like, make his name known yeah. and just be a role player. It's dope. That's kind of what I want. Dope. All right. So, going back to you winning – Player of the year for the for the Braves minor league organization. You hit 366 in 2019. That's an insane. I don't care. I don't care if it's T-ball or minor league or major league baseball. What did the ball look like coming out of the pitcher's hand? Uh, honestly, I just felt like to the point where it didn't matter where they threw the ball. Like yeah. I was so locked in. Like to the point where like my team, like Greg, I'll never forget Greg. I got it. Like he was like he wasn't struggling, but like obviously he wasn't hitting 370 and like. I was got a hit, and then the next at bat, we we're our coach was like, "Hey, be smart." Oh, oh, first pitch hit. He was he. I come back in the dugout after scoring. He's like, "Like, what are you doing? Like, what? Like, I'm mad. Like, I don't have time to shake your hand four times a game. What are you? What are you doing? Like, you know, just like that kind of like jokingly, like this is like mm-hmm. crazy. Like, do you realize what you're doing? And I didn't. I really didn't until I got to look back and I saw a picture of like the scoreboard that my mom took, and it was like. Four, I was hitting 405 in minor league baseball. Oh, Who am I? What God. am I doing? <laughs> was it like you what were playing I... like you were playing I'll be the show and you were guessing pitch and location and the, the controller vibrates and you're just like, all right, this is a bomb. <laughs> Yo, there'd be some times where like I'd be like, you know what? I'm just, you know, I'm gonna make sure I stay on fastball. Like, there's no way you've gotten two hits today. There's no way they don't throw you off speed, but you got a feeling. And they would literally feel like they were throwing it down the middle every time. Like, here's a hit. Here's a hit. I was like, is this supposed to be this easy? Because I'm having a lot of fun. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. I can picture Greg getting so frustrated too. Because in college, I don't know if you know, Greg used to hit like legit like 500 in college. Like he used to (laughs) absolutely rake. So him hitting like 300, like I'm doing something wrong. I'm only, I'm only yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he used to beat out ground in summer ball when I played with him. He used to beat out ground balls at second base, like it was like his day job. Yeah, dude, I love. I mean, we all feel like me, JD, and Greg. We all played kind of like center field, second right. And if y'all could have us mic'd up at the things that we say to each other at second base, like when Greg, like when he wouldn't put a tag down, me and JD would be like, "Hey, bro, you go." 
you gonna do something today or something like <laughs> you know we were always joking around it was all love so like yeah for greg like knowing who he was and like what he did it at such a high level for him to be like hey dude what are you doing in the box like that was a good mm-hmm. feeling obviously that's awesome man. that's what's all about having fun but uh all right who's toughest guy you faced pitcher wise but whether it's been the minors or at missouri i don't know if, it's, if one guy stands out to you so I guess I'll, I'll answer it two ways. Someone that I played, two people that I played with that I thought were really, really good, but I, you know, it's hard to judge it because I never faced them for more than two at bats. Bryce Montez de Oka and Tanner Houck. Um, uh, Bryce, because he didn't know where the ball was going and he was throwing 99 <laughs> and Tanner because he threw 99 and he did know where it was going. Um, those two made the fall terrible. Um, and, all, like who I didn't play with, I would have to say Casey Mize. Um, mm, even though I got lucky show. and a hit a home run off of him, and like wow. guess like I was the leadoff hitter, first pitch of the game, like everyone knows he's throwing a fastball, so like I'm gonna hit this one. But those other two at bats, I felt like I was like in a maze or something. Like everything went a different way, a different angle, and it all came out of the same spot. And he ate us all up the rest of the game. Yeah, he's a freaking stud, dude. He's a beast. Yeah, he's big time, and he gets all the hype. You all never hear me say – everybody's like, you hit a home run off Casey Miles. I was like, yeah, that's still the best pitcher I'll ever face. Mm-hmm. That was like my – I would tell my grandkids about that when he pitches 20 <laughs> years in the league. Yeah, right. Like, hey, I have video of me hitting an absolute nuke off this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Grandpa. Those wild card guys are the worst. When you're in the box, this guy's pumping like 100 almost, and he might hit me in the head, the foot. He might throw over the backstop, but you can, you can never get comfortable in the box. <laughs> no. Man, I'll never – so Bryce is my best friend at Mizzou. Like, I lived with him, uh-huh. probably be the best man in my wedding type thing. And, dude, he hit me one time in my forearm, and I did not text for an entire week with my left hand because it literally could not close and open. Oh. He hit me one time in the shin, and it blew up so bad I had to get three days off of practice because, like, yeah. it couldn't get hit again or it would get messed up, like – what are we doing? Oh my and then he would just casually paint 98, 98 <laughs> slider. It's like, bro, I'm not trying to hit this dude. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want any part of this. Wow. Unreal. I've never seen that fast before. I've seen like midnight. Stick, midnight coming at you I've at never six, seen. No way. Six, eight, 270. Coming at oh. you downhill, throwing BBs, and he don't know where it's going. Come on, bro. Get that Come on, dude. I'm not trying. To, I don't want that. Time. You know, you know, pay raise after that, after facing exactly. <laughs> I am not on a full ride, I'm not here for that. All right, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna keep going back to your pod because I again, I appreciate listening to it. Thought you I and uh, real estate ROM were great, so you know, I, I hear you're getting into in the stock market game, and obviously, over, over quarantine, a lot of people have been. What's uh, what's one, one big uh, stock that hit big for you last year, and then one that you're looking forward to learning more about or getting involved with this year? I mean, I wish I hit AMC and GameStop because uh, <laughs> you would be rich, rich, even if you yeah. put $100 in on a call. Um, for me, what was a good year was Tesla. Honestly, just I got in a little early, um, got in like, I think, I don't even know what it said now, because if Elon Musk says one thing, that thing drops $100. Mm-hmm. But I got in it when it was like 230 240 um, So it's made me some money. And then Bitcoin, I got into that when it was like, 17 so i'm out here living so yeah <laughs> yeah thriving so uh yeah tesla's at 834 tesla yeah nice kids hitting we gotta start going in for advice yeah there you go <laughs> our group chat sucks with this stuff 
So I just like, so what I've been doing is like, I just be talking to everybody. I follow everything on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I follow every signal thing ever. So if they ever like all do the same thing, there it is. There you go. Because there's something there that they all see. Um, So that was like my thing. But I've learned to love investing because I love gambling. But I lose a lot. But with investing, even when you like lose, it's like an 8% gain. So let's do it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's always there. It can win tomorrow. Gambling, you lose, you lose. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It's like gambling's like a slow bleed unless you bet a lot of money. Like if, <laughs> if you just like keep it consistent, like and you look back and you're like, damn, like I just lost a couple hundred bucks last month or last week. It's like, yeah, where, exactly. Where That's going? the worst part. Like if you just constantly send one fifty, my guy, you're sending a lot of money over the year. Yeah, it's up, in. man. But it's that it's that competitive feeling, like you want, like you, I like for me, like I'm not competition problem. It, it, oh, it is, it is Michael Jordan. Yeah, 100. It it's a competition problem. Made the, made the money. <laughs> I can put five bucks on a game. Like I usually bet like ten bucks a game. Like, but I want to win that that game. I just want that. I want that needle it's, in the vein. <laughs> it's crazy how like twenty five dollar bets for fifteen dollars gets you so worked up. Like yeah. to the point where like give him the ball, get him yeah. the end zone, like. Just mad at people that don't even know you. Just angry yeah. watching mm-hmm. the game. Yep. Love it. All right. I'm going to more and more positive lay off the gambling. I pictured in my head. First at bat for the Atlanta Braves this season. It's your first big league at bat. What's the walk-up song going to be? Al batting Trey Harris. <laughs> that would be hard. I can't wait for that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to do one of my uh, – uh, songs from the homie from the crib. Uh, his name's Zeke. He made a freestyle, Jersey freestyle. And every time I've ever struggled hitting, I'll play my boy's song and I'll start bopping. So I cannot struggle at the top. So we're going to go straight to bopping. And uh, he go. was in the dugout, the game that I hit that Kentucky game where I hit three home runs and he was my walk-up song then. And it's just, first I get married to money, then I fell in love with the grind. Like, that, it is what it is. Like, it's uh, it's such a good song and it's more about you know, just being from home, like putting people on that were around when nobody was around. So, you know, might as well play a song that no one know. And if 10 people in that stadium listen to Zeke's song now, like we all win. There you it's go. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be my first little walk-up song. Um, once again, just trying to show love. Love it. It's a lot of it. pressure. Now you got to hit Dinger to match the song so it sells well, though. <laughs> yeah, we got to go crazy so we can make a hype video with it. Everything yeah. got to go wild. That song, that song rides with you. Yes, exactly. It climbs exactly. with you. All right, I got one more. More swag. You or Greg Cullen? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> me. Greg Cullen, no shot. <laughs> I'd be trying to talk that man into wearing sleeves and tape and, like, batting gloves that make sense. Like, his jersey was too big in Rome. Oh, my God. Definitely me. I dread- I could – if he was – with me more often, he would learn how to dress. But the Hawaiian t-shirts with khaki shorts don't even match. But Greg Cullen wears it every day. Come on, Greg. Come on, Greg. Come on, Greg. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, too. I That's do. why you just got that little smirk. It's like, I how do. does someone look so unmatchy and it fit them perfectly? Like, mm-hmm. nothing lines up, but it's just Greg being Greg. Click that picture of Devontae Smith in the sideline. He's got no sleeves on, no tape, no gloves. 25 catches for 400 yards. Yeah, <laughs> that's Greg Cullen. No tape. I stand in there. My stop generic one and yeah. I beat the show stance. And I play <laughs> second base. And I play hard. And I just casually hit 350 all yeah, the time. Yeah, like 330 every Why? single year. <laughs> the stock stance is hilarious. Yeah, yeah generic stance one. 
That's what it's called. <laughs> Generic one. My back goes straight up and down, and I tap my foot. Like, <laughs> oh, that's gonna kill. But, I can't wait. I can't wait till he hears this. Yes, I'm so excited. G is the. I love Greg, man. That is my guy. We lived together. He had to deal with me for a long time. Love it, good. Dude. That's all. That's all I got, Frank. That was. That's awesome. all I got too, man. We appreciate your time, brother. We're pumped to see you. Get get going in the big league camp in a few short months, a few short weeks, probably actually. Yeah. Uh, but safe travels back from from the West Coast over here to the East Coast, and they're chilling in Cali right now. But again, Mr. Trey Harris, Atlanta Braves, and don't forget to go follow the pod. Any any last words about the pod that you want to pump pump its brand a little bit? Oh, and also tell us where people can follow you on social. Okay, cool. Follow me on Twitter at just call me Deuce. Um, just type in Trey Harris. It's the one with the blue check. Um, uh, same with Instagram, but it's Deuce22. Once again, just type in T R E Y H A R I S. It's the one with the blue check. Can't miss it. So, uh, living up uh, the best life. Just tune into the podcast. It's on Spotify right now. Um, working through some things, and uh, we're only on episode two as of right now. Hopefully three by the time we get things really going. And uh, it's exciting. Our first two guests were the minor league hitting coordinator for the Blue Jays and the sports nutritionist for the New York Jets. So um, it was dope. We talked a little bit about everything, life, uh, being a nutritionist to some big-time athletes, teaching big-time athletes how to hit, and uh, a little bit of everything in between. Love it, bro. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So I appreciate y'all too. It's all love. Um, like I said, a year from now, we're going to get all on and we're going to fill up this fourth square on the Zoom with my guy, oh, Real yeah. Estate Ron. Real we're Estate Ron. Just talk about, he's a Chicago Bears fan. So he loves NFL football like y'all do up in the North. So I bet just on one of them Thursday pickums, we got to tune in. For yeah. Sure, oh, hell yeah. We'll get you on. I'm a, Pack, I'm a Packers fan too. So we'll, we'll do our little NFC North battles with Real Estate Ron. Exactly. <laughs> he would love that. He would love that. Uh, man, well, you have a good one. Appreciate you again, and um, stay healthy. We'll be following you. Appreciate you.